0: Our January seasons here at the Impact Service is on the seasons of life. We're calling it the art of seasonality. What that means is to learn how to respond to the times and seasons that come your way. Some of them are unavoidable. Some are inevitable. They're all manageable and they're all surmountable. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep and time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Basically, that scripture is saying there is a right time for everything that God has called us to be in and to participate in and to discern the times is a valuable lesson. There are t- there are however, occasions which we will be ignorant of by the Father's own authority. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, after the resurrection, Jesus spent time with them and then he was about to ascend to heaven and they said, listen, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Some moments are hidden until the right time. And in fact, that's probably true of most of the seasons. We don't have to face them until the time has come. But we need to prepare for them, because some of them are unavoidable. There are times and seasons that we all go through, and they come to us unavoidably. Now, the things that we we don't have control of, not really, the meteorological seasons of the year... Summer, winter, autumn, and summer, autumn, winter, and spring. You can't even change the order of them. They, they will come. And with the season out there, it is winter. You can't, you, can't, you can't change that. I have decided that in the summertime on January the 20, June the 21st, which is midsummer, and after that, the days grow longer. Instead of saying every day oh, look how the days are growing longer and longer because summer hasn't even arrived in Britain and the days are getting uh, shorter. I've decided, rather, that on the 21st of December to look up and say, look, the skies are getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And, of course, you could, if you reach that stage in life, spend six months in the Northern Hemisphere in the summer, six months in the Southern Hemisphere, but uh, most of us don't ever get there. Same is to do with the physical seasons of your life. We all go through physical seasons. We heard of the last one, son's eyes, son's teeth. It begins with son's hair, Gordon, as you probably have just about experienced. But uh, anyway, so it's the physical seasons, you, you can't change it. You have, to, you have to understand that these things come, it's given to us to go through those processes. Then there are the sociological, the cultural seasons. And we're in a sociological season in Britain and Europe, Northern Hemisphere, and it's really a post-Christian culture. And we have to acknowledge that and accept that we cannot change that time and season. We are in it and we need to know how to respond to it by growing and being strong and being ready to share Christ in a way that people will understand and be relevant and to be absolutely truthful and loyal to the scriptural revelation. Then there are the spiritual seasons. And that's where I want to get to at some point today. The spiritual seasons, the times and seasons which God gives to us in our lives individually, in our families, and in our church. What season are we in as Kensington Temple believers, part of this community? It's important to understand all of that because... Each of these times and seasons calls for a particular response from us. They will help us create a particular cadence and rhythm as we realistically learn to respond to sometimes the things which are unavoidable but can be profitable if we learn the art of seasonality. Well, Kathy quoted... The Seven Ages of Man, and what you see on the screen is a picture painted in 1838 of William Mulready, who illustrated the speech. The way to your left, we have the infant. Next we have that child going to school, and then up in the balcony in true Romeo and Juliet fashion. We have uh, the lovers, and then right on the other side with the helmet we have the man who is hiding his beard like the, pad, like the leopard, and he is a soldier doing his duty. And then next to him is the judge, the person who's carrying that responsibility. And then on the far other side, we have Pantaloni, which is the Commedia dell'Arte uh, character, Pantaloon in English, where a guy has come to the age of having achieved so much and he's worn himself to, to a shred trying to, get and acquire everything. And he is usually, in, uh, in the classical Commedia dell'Arte, he is a kind of a bad character. And then, just a little bit off-center, we have what will come to us all unless Jesus returns or takes us home before that to the place of very old age. And those seven seasons remind us that There are seasons that are unavoidable. I did a bit of research and I thought to myself, well, how how am I doing? So I went straight to Men's Health website. Now guys, I've got good news and bad news for you. I'll I'll start with the bad news. The good news, go on the website to help correct some of these things. But here we have, and I've, I've entitled it on my notes here, as too late to beat your body clock. Your body hits a series of peaks during your life, men. Combine them now to be stronger, sharper, and faster, whatever your age. Well, that's what men's health says, and I'll leave you to decide. But let's look at these pointers. Your sex drive, men, peaked at 18. Anybody over 18, it's all over for you. <laughs> Problem solving, peaked at 19. It's all over. Endurance, peaks at 22. Your memory, peaks at 28. Your muscle mass, peaks at 30. My mass gets bigger and bigger, but they tell me it's not really muscle. Your relationship ability peaks at 32, and your brain cells peak at 45, as hoped for some of you, but alas, nothing for me. That's a bit of an analysis. Now, I also went to have a look and got intrigued by this, and here is a graph, ladies and gentlemen, drawn from the dating pool interest in the, out there in the secular world. How a person's desirability changes with time. You're going to hear the truth here today. So have a look at the graph. If the person is a woman, it's in red and there are some higher peaks than the others. And for them, if it's a man, there are some longer peaks. So you can just about say that if you're a woman, your desirability, according to the worldly thinking of dating, peaks at the age of 2021. 20, After that, you go downhill and the man peaks a little bit later and manages, I don't know who conducted this survey, probably was a man, manages to stay on top just for a little bit longer. Well, needless to say, that's how the world views it. So my advice to you, ladies and gentlemen of all ages in that seven age period, don't take your own personal worldview and sense of value and attractiveness from dating site websites, social media, or even the worldly wisdom of your otherwise friendly peers. My advice to you today, take it or leave it, look to God. In my notes, I've got a happy face. Amen and amen. Let's pause and smile. But when we get down to how God looks at times and how God views you, there's a very important concept to look at, and that is the different kinds of times. You've heard of uh, chronos time, And that's the bottom axis, the the horizontal axis that you see on the screen. And what that is, is the regular day-to-day moment passage of time. It's a flow of time. You can't stop it. It's there and it's gone. It's there and it's gone. And as long as we are on this planet, as long as we're alive, we have God's gift of chronos, time. And it can be measured chronologically or on a chronometer. And so that's a very familiar concept. But there's another concept of time, which I find stupendous. It's the concept of kairos time, and that's represented by the vertical axis. And you will see here, it's about the opportune moments of time. Those moments, those opportunities, when it is that right time, everything has its right moment, its right time to seize the day, carpe deum, seize the opportunity, and together in 2019, look out for those moments, And ask God for wisdom and discernment that you may know the moment that you're in to flow with God's purposes for your life. You see that this kind of kairos time comes from above and it's momentary or seasonal and we need to then say, how do we understand the times and seasons in which we live? Now, I'm only reflecting to you what many people have asked me about. I don't necessarily believe that I've particularly mastered this, but one of the questions I get is they say, how do you manage it? You travel all over the world. You come back bright and fresh. You, you, you have your messages prepared. You are writing books. You're preparing seminars. You're preaching all over the world. How do you manage to be so productive? Right now, I'm doing two courses, alongside everything else, because I believe it's important for lifelong learning to develop yourself. Well, I believe we should be students all of our days, never ever stop learning, never ever stop taking in. Say, so, well, how do you do it? And I, I think it's about stamina, but it's about wisdom. It's about understanding the season that you're in. Let's take writing, for example. I've not written anything much in recent years and that because it's not a season for that. It's a season for taking in. It's a season for exploration. It's a season for learning. It's a season for reflection. It's a season for deepening my spiritual life, not just constantly outputting. But even when I am preparing to write a book, I'll mull it over, look at my notes, and go for ages. And then suddenly the moment comes and I know it's time to write. And when it's time to write, I will write a minimum of 1,000 words a day, sometimes 4,000 words a day, and I will get the whole book written, 60,000 words, in, in less than a month. And then I think it's completed, but it's not. Then it takes me at least another few months to go back and rewrite it and shape it. So there are special times that God will give us. What's your special time? Is God calling you to a special time of seeking Him and waiting upon Him? Are there special times of study? Now, for some of you who've adopted to continue your education, whether you are talking about primary school, secondary school education, well, you're forced to do that, but going on into higher education or going on beyond, you will know that there's a time to study. Dr. Arteet Kendall, who will be joining us in a few weeks' time, at a certain age in his life, um, he was, came over to Britain and he spent, I think, five years, I think it was that, full-time study at Oxford University. And um, you could have been tempted to think, well, why, don't you, why are you still studying? You are already a mature person. You've already achieved a great deal. And, uh, and, but he went and he gave that time to study. It was a time to study. And out of that, he was given a very, very good doctorate from Oxford University, on a particular topic, Puritans and English Puritanism. And as a result of that, he had some insights, which have been the mainstay of his ministry, and so much fruit and revelation has come out of that time. And if you have 10 years to achieve something, maybe five, six, seven, or eight, or nine years are spent in preparation. Don't despise the season that you're in. Maybe you're in a season of waiting. Maybe you're like David there on the slopes of the hills of Bethlehem uh, all those years ago as he was, he was the king in waiting, but God formed him in that private place, in that place of obscurity. Don't try to push yourself into the limelight. God will shine on you when it's time and he knows when you're ready. Don't despise the season that you're in. Take it and embrace it. So it's a great lesson in life, right timing, doing the right thing at the right time. Now for this, it requires wisdom. To know how to live means to know what you must do. And to know what you must do, you must know what season you are in. Remember the sons of Issachar in the Old Testament? They had an understanding of the times to know what Israel should do. And this wisdom can be we can, God can give us a clue and to prepare us for something that nobody else is thinking about. One of the things that I find in senior leadership, where I have the responsibility to direct and to shape the whole of what God has called us to do before him, we have to be ahead. All the stuff that we're talking about now that's unfolding in the next few months was all accomplished in prayer and waiting on God months ago. You have to be ready and in advance. And so Joseph learned this lesson. When he had the gift of interpreting dreams, God can awaken you to his season in a dream or in a vision, in a prophetic word or something that leaps out of the Bible for you personally. He understood by revelation that God was going to send seven years of plenty into the land of Egypt. And after that, seven years of famine. And so the wisdom was, in the years of plenty, don't just sit back and enjoy it, but stock up and store so that the time will come when you will need it. So it's vitally important for all of us to learn, to discern the times and seasons that we are in, and this includes not just the happy times, but the challenging times. Even in less comfortable times, times of testing, times of trial, understanding that my times are in his hand, all of them, helps me to honor him in the good times and the bad times. Mandra and I passed through, which was at least measurable in terms of a 16-year period of the heaviest trial that we had ever experienced. Our second daughter was brain damaged at birth through medical negligence, Laura. She required 24 hours care for 16 years. And by the way, when she passed into the presence of God, many of you came to her funeral. That was not the end of the suffering, of course, for us. But it was at the end of a particular time. And I want to tell you, Never once did I miss a meeting. Never once did I fail in a ministry obligation. Amanda was amazing. And we carried it together. We received much prayer. And great grace was on us to go through that time. And I look back on those days and I recognize and remember the pain. And still carry it. But in a healed way and in a yielded way, I can honestly tell you some of the best times of fellowship with the Lord in my life, times of breakthrough, intercession, spiritual revelation and indeed miraculous ministry came out of the crucible like gold purified in that difficult time. So I want you to face the future with courage. But right now, what's your season? Can you discern it? Ask God. Once you've discerned it, grab it. Even the unavoidable. Grab it. Because it's God's opportunity. A season is opportune time. Say, what's the opportunity? And I go through a rough time. Oh, there is plenty of opportunity. Because at that time, God will... Through his seasonal time, season you and bring you to maturity. It takes time for a good wine to flourish. Discern it, grab it, and run with it. Run with it. Don't don't try and avoid it. Embrace it and run with it and ask God, give me wisdom, give me grace, show me how that in this season of a tough testing time, what can I do? Show me now, in this time of blessing, how I can stay close to you and how I can be a blessing to others. So what's your time? That's about you. That's about you seeking God and understanding that. But also, it will be connected to our time, our season, as a church and as a community You see, the church is not a place just where you gather and happen to attend services. The church is an organic community. We are joined together by Christ and we don't mess with that. We enjoy that. We flourish where we are planted and we give our faith and our finance and our effort and our prayer to where God has joined us. Join together by the Holy Spirit. What's our season Well, God is bringing us into a new season and this is a springboard not only for the rest of the series and the brothers will be sharing with us, but also into the vision week when we're talking about and entering into the new season. And I'm so excited to tell you, we are sure about this. We have a strong witness, not just me individually, but us as as a team. God is bringing us into a new season and it is a season that is characterized by his invitation, come up higher. We're going to rise in the spirit. We are going to learn what it is to see things from a different perspective and we're going to see the power of the presence of God and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Help us discern, Lord, the opportunities, the opportune moments, the seasonal time, even when it becomes unavoidable and maybe at times we prefer to avoid it. Now, a man by the name of Richard Niebuhr, was a a great man of collecting different sayings and different prayers and putting them together. Let me just read to you a later version of one of his prayers uh, based on a lady by the name of Winifred in 1933. And uh, this is how it's developed. Listen carefully because I think it's, it's beautiful. God, give me grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Now there's some great wisdom. Amen.